We read in Genesis 1.26 that God made humans in his image. My friends, was that us as individuals made in his image or all of humanity? And how does that relate to what we've recently been reading in the book of Hebrews? And finally, what does that even mean for us today? Welcome. Hello, world. This is Roger Corvale, and this is For the Hope's Always Be Prepared segment, number one, where we will pause our daily Bible read-through to do a short exploration of an idea that relates to us thinking more strategically and communicating more effectively. Do you know how, in the English language, the word you can be singular or plural? Right, You can be you as individual, or it could be you as in you people, as a group. I believe that is how we are created. God says, let us, one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, let us make Adam, humankind, in our image. And at risk of oversimplification, that is like you, you. You are fully made in the image of God unto yourself, and you are part of a people group, a tribe that is itself a whole single entity. So what's the problem? My friends, here is a really big challenge in our world today. We are called to live in a tension that theologians and philosophers call the I-thou relationship. But we distort that relationship. We fail to live in balance when we go too far one way or the other. And maybe to sum it up, I'd put it like this. Too much self without community leads to the anarchy of extreme individualism. Too much community without honoring the self leads to the tyranny of extreme communitarianism. And if we are to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope we have in Jesus, let's do three things. We're going to go back to the beginning. How who we are is rooted in the very nature and character of God. And then we'll look at what that means to add some nuance to what we've been reading in the book of Hebrews. And then we'll conclude with just a little bit of asking, what should I do? What should we do? What should we be keeping an eye out for? What would I want to be encouraging others with? My friends, we are made in God's image, but we were made not just to be, but also to do. We're made for a purpose. The very same purpose we see expressed in, in a contemporary sense, in spiritual giftedness. To bring God glory by how we create and steward creation and fill it with other God glorifiers. God isn't just a God who is, he's a God who does. And since the very beginning, God has been at work in the world. Even now, the Holy Spirit is at work in the world on what theologians call Missio Dei, the mission of God. So there are two things to know about spiritual gifts. Well, more than that, but here's two. Yours, your spiritual gifts, is because you walk with the Spirit, the same Spirit who is on mission, meaning it's for His purposes 
not ours. I like the way Robert Wall identifies the opportunity and challenge in the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary when he's talking about community. He says the community's unity in witness and in life, which is always jeopardized by its own diversity, is held together by a love for one another which imitates Christ's love. Catch this. Freedom, he says, freedom obligates not a mere acceptance of others, but a participation in their spiritual formation. And my friends, what is that mission, that formation according to Jesus? Well, go be part of helping others start following Jesus and help them grow in that walk. And in the process, we grow. Your spiritual gifts then, which are really the Holy Spirit's gift to you regarding what part of his mission you are wired for, they're not for you, right? And the church, one body comprised of many individuals, exists ultimately for God's eschatological purposes, meaning what is the end game? God's not silent about that. And that touches down in what we read or have read in the last couple days in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25 say this, Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. My friends, how do we hold on to the confession, the truth claims of our hope, right? Remember, biblical hope isn't, woo-woo, like I hope we'll win the lottery. It's confidence in the object in which it's placed. So how do we hold on to that confession? By ourselves? or in community? And the answer is yes. (laughs) Not neglecting to gather together, not thinking that it's okay if the only thing I do is go have some time with Jesus on a beautiful hike. Are you supposed to take personal responsibility? Well, most certainly. But other people need you, and you need other people. You see, if it is the Holy Spirit's mission and one person's gift is administration and another person's gift is teaching and another's is encouraging and another's is evangelism, when they don't show up, you miss out on being blessed by them. And when you don't show up, they miss out on being blessed by you. In fact, every spiritual gift listed in the New Testament, did you, did you know this? Every spiritual gift listed in the New Testament is for someone else, meaning we use that gift for the benefit of someone else. This doesn't mean you shouldn't personally abide and train and pursue God in your own quiet time and reading and all that. But my friends, that's like going to the gym. You're on a team and going to the gym and taking care of yourself is part of how you contribute. But if that's all you do, you are not doing what God designed and what God is doing in the world. So where does all this point? 
What is it that you are ultimately participating in? What you're made for? What you will bring? You know, what will bring you ultimate eternal joy and flourishing? Well, if we look at the end of the Bible, uh, there are two times in the Bible where the church is referred to as the bride of Jesus. Revelation 19.6 and 22.17. And yes, dudes, that means you're a bride. But what is the bride? Well, it's the church. And one thing, it's one thing comprised of many parts, right? A church, a bride, composed of you and me and the person down the street. Somehow Jesus' one bride is, is, well, let us remember a curious line in Hebrews 11 that we read. Hebrews chapter 11 closes with this, verses 39 and 40. All these, all these people we were just talking about, all these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. All who? Well, remember, that's Abraham, Sarah, Moses, nameless people who were martyred. That's your grandma. They died not having received yet what was promised. The ultimate hope, being with God and enjoying Him eternally. And they aren't made perfect without us. My friends, that word perfect in the Greek is telos, meaning end, goal, or destination. But what is the author of Hebrews saying here? Moses, not made complete without you. That is a big old heavy idea. Why? Because in God's one and many design, we are designed to be the bride of Christ, but that's not just your friends at church on Sunday morning. That's all believers in all of history. Imagine the wedding reception with Moses and David and Elijah and your grandma, of course, of course. And I'm pretty sure the band is going to be awesome. But what does all that mean for us here and now? Well, let's go back to our problem and then let's look at what the Bible talks about as a solution. Too much self without community leads to the anarchy of extreme individualism. Too much community without honoring the self leads to the tyranny of extreme communitarianism. Neither of those extremes is biblical, I don't believe. My friends, there will always be something for us to be discerning about. That is attention. And it touches down in an untold number of ways. It might be at work uh, where, or, or even in a country or an organization that will always deal with the tension between centralization and decentralization of authority. A one and many kind of challenge. Uh, it might be what it means to encourage others and what it means to be a corrective in their lives. Maybe the discernment is going okay. What do I need to do to be part of helping others grow and or even calling them out on their junk? What does it mean for them to help you grow, if not call you out on your junk? What does it mean 
for something to be your responsibility versus the group or the system or the organization or the country. My friends, I'll rely on the words of Robert Wall again. He says this, Biblical faith forms a community of individuals, a community of individuals, those who worship God, who share with one another a common experience of God's salvation and a common call to bear witness to God's salvation-creating power in the world. My friends, I think in the New Testament, the ultimate exhortation on the question, what should I do, is actually about five dozen different places in the New Testament that we see the words one another or a slight variation thereof. There's like 60 of them. So I'll leave you with a few of these. A third of those are directed toward unity in community. Be at peace with one another, Mark 9. Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving, Ephesians 4. Seek good and don't repay evil with evil, 1 Thessalonians 5. Confess sins to one another, James 5. Another third of them are about love. Love one another, a whole bunch of places, like John 13. Through love, serve one another, Galatians 5. Greet one another with a holy kiss, 1 Peter 5. Be devoted to one another, Romans 12. About a sixth of them are attitudinal or positional, right? It's humility for the sake of community. Clothe yourself in humility toward one another, 1 Peter 5. Be subject to one another, Ephesians 5. Regard one another as more important than yourself, Philippians 2. And about a sixth of them are in probably a various category. Encourage one another, build up one another, 1 Thessalonians 5. Oh, here's one. Husbands and wives, don't deprive one another of physical intimacy, 1 Corinthians 7. Don't lie, Colossians 3. Speak the truth, Ephesians 4. Pray together, James 5. Be hospitable, 1 Peter 4. Comfort one another, 1 Thessalonians 4. In short, my friends, I'll leave what we should do as we're being imaged into the likeness of Jesus so that we will be the perfect bride, both individually and in community. I'll leave you with this. Hebrews 12 puts it this way. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter, that's that word again, perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross for you, despising the shame for you, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for you, where he is right now, for you. My friends, we use our gifts and we even discover our own identities, not by ourselves, but when we look up to Jesus and out to others. I love you, my friends, and that's a you as an individual and a you as a community. Amen. Amen. <laughs>